0: Hey guys, it is the end of the year and I am joined with my husband and we just have a little bit of a candid conversation about the current events, what has been happening. Are we headed for second world country? We'll see, let's check it out. This is the Gaining My Perspective podcast and you're hanging here with me, Wendy Cunningham. You're here to get empowered, inspired, informed, and encouraged as we navigate the everyday journey of this crazy life. Stick around, cause we're gonna laugh and we're gonna learn. And above all else, we're gonna gain perspective.
1: This episode is brought to you by Bumble.
0: welcome it is the very end of 2022 what a year so much has happened and gone on and i haven't really talked recently about current events because honestly i've been a little apathetic just i won't say discouraged so much although there is that but just kind of taking it in and recognizing what I already knew and what I've been saying for a long time and just that we're on our own. And there's not a lot of uh, traditional paths forward in the sense of you know, we're just we just need to get a new president or a new Congress or whatever has worked in the past to keep us chugging along. And so I've ha- I've invited my husband here to come on board for this episode as we kind of talk about some of the recent things and look through the lens of just where we're at at the end of 2022 going into 2023 on a larger scale and you know echo some of the themes that we've talked about before but we were just having a conversation before I started recording here about the recent Southwest Airlines and recent as in like Today, as I'm recording this, Um, actually this morning, my sister, who is supposed to fly tomorrow to Iowa from California on Southwest, found, you know, that her actually last night at midnight, she got a notification, which apparently is more than a lot of travelers are getting. Most travelers are not even getting notified from Southwest. They're hearing from other websites or their friends and family or whatever, but she got a notification in the middle of the night that her connecting flight she was to fly from Sac to denver and denver to omaha her denver to omaha leg canceled just that leg and there's not a flight to omaha in the next week on southwest although they're willing to reschedule her they cannot get her there so she's having to forego that first entire leg of going to iowa to visit my brother-in-law's family and she'll be coming directly to nashville on january 3rd please lord jesus hopefully that all works out we also found out that every flight in and out of Southern California was canceled through the end of the year. Just, just a catastrophic failure.
1: Everything out of Vegas today. Everything out of Vegas today was canceled. Uh, so just today, or I again, there's so much uh,
0: swirling, whirling news going on.
1: But I did hear that pretty like firsthand that there were like three last flights, and then they told everybody. Um, If you're not on one of these three flights, you can leave the terminal.
0: So it's interesting because we're trying to figure out why is this happening specifically to Southwest and not all the airlines. Obviously, we had this really bad winter storm that came through over the holidays. Lots of impacts to flights. Our friends flew out Christmas Eve and were supposed to land Christmas Eve and landed Christmas night. (laughs) Spent lots of time in the airport with their children, all kinds of fun stuff. That was on Southwest, but... Why just Southwest? You know, there's lots of rumors. There's lots of suggestions of what's why it's that particular airline. But we were kind of wanting to focus just a little bit more on the larger signal that this might be um, cueing us a to part of. a part yeah. of yes. But before we go into that, you really just said something that was really interesting because we were talking about how we are experiencing a generation that wants to basically reap the benefits of what are what previous generations have built or created and we don't because one of the the reasons behind the southwest or one of the proposed reasons behind the southwest meltdown is poor leadership the ceo that took over why don't you just kind of explain what you were explaining
1: Well, this, if we take it at face value, this is one explanation I heard that uh, sounded like it was pretty well founded. Again, not sure of the details, but that essentially, um, you know, Herb Kelleher, I think is how you pronounce his name, but was the founder of Southwest Airlines. And he was pretty much like an icon in American aviation in that not only did he bring cheap, you know, inexpensive air travel to the masses, middle class. Um, but he paved the way for all these other budget airlines in the Southwest model for um, JetBlue and Spirit and, you know, whatever. I'm not familiar with all of them, but he's really an icon, a a really um, innovator, just risk taker. You know, he's one of those people that... um, you know, kind of made a, a name for himself, a true legacy builder, so to speak, and that he was not just another CEO, you know, he built something that nobody had quite built anything like that before. And it was a big success. Best it, of its kind. And it changed the world, right? Because I mean, if you look at things, you go back, uh, Southwest is what brought air travel really intru- i mean you to know the, the regular joe 59.99 you know 99.99 tickets you know like the, these incredibly inexpensive almost bus fares to go you know long long distance it's a it's a it was a game changer for travel in america you know air travel um when gary kelly took over it was not the same you know oftentimes we take for granted uh, we we see the brand, but we don't really realize the implications of the change in leadership. And I mean, people matter. And this is a great um, another reason why I believe in you know free market capitalism is that people matter. There are people out there that bring an incredible amount of value
0: to the table to the table absolutely
1: and change people's lives and offer incredible opportunity and can bear the burden of the responsibility of being the employer of tens of thousands of people that families depend on. Stewarding a company for years and years and years, every day, retaining and improving a a reputation um, and a level of service for millions of customers and
0: and in a free market, if you fail to do that, you get the boot. As this CEO, I'm sure, will be packing his bags. So bag the soon.
1: <laughs> new CEO, his name's Gary, and he's not new. He's been around for a long time. But my understanding, and again, this is a limited understanding, but um, from some insight that I was reading about online from people who have worked at Southwest for 25 plus years, um, they knew what leadership, what the company was like under the Herb Kelleher guy that that was really the namesake um, and what it's been like since. And basically there has not been any new investment in the logistics, the software. Um,
0: I mean, you feel it when you're flying on those 1979 planes.
1: <laughs> well, that's part of their business model. With the ashtray
0: still in the... <laughs> <laughs> to a certain
1: degree sure. that's part of their business model in that they all have they have one airframe which keeps maintenance costs low you know that was a part of Herb's model was he only flew 737s i believe at the time and uh and so that's not that crazy but they this particular per- person was kind of expressing that just they're still working on a, a computer system for scheduling went for that worked when Southwest was like a quarter of the size that it is now. And I actually, I don't believe there's like a conspiracy to this. I don't believe that it's weather. I don't believe I, I actually believe that it is a crash of their software and um, it just sort of is, we're going to, we're going to get into it, but it's another shining example glaring example of like this um what what happens to the the home that the grandfather built when the son who the playboy's son inherits it uh, they don't know how to maintain it they don't care it becomes it wasn't dirty their and
0: tears unclean
1: Repairs aren't made, you know, maintenance isn't kept up, the grass isn't mowed, and it deteriorates. So what used to be a a sound, sturdy, beautiful home becomes slovenly deteriorated and decreases in value, right? And that's something I'm seeing in like a theme, um
0: in our country,
1: that is defining our society and our country in sure. so many ways. Our culture, and our culture, absolutely. That um, it was built and carried on somebody else's shoulders, a past generation, and for all intents and purposes, too many of us don't know how, aren't willing, um, maybe, maybe we weren't taught to. You know, I'm not even saying I have all the answers. But we are the generation that is behaving like the slovenly playboy that doesn't know how to or doesn't care to build it anymore.
0: Well, I've said a million times that we are so blessed in this country. We, are, we have been handed such a comfortable situation that we have the privilege of stressing out about could we maybe be boys when we're girls or could we... like. I promise you there are not African tribes wondering about what gender they might be or any of those sorts of things because they're actually trying to survive. They're actually focused on their livelihood, their lives. And we have just become so comfortable, complacent, lazy, like you said, just handed this wonderful home to live in and... We don't even recognize how blessed we are for that. So yes, this is such a little micro example of this macro theme where another instance, you know, I I think this is going to continue. I don't think this is gonna be just solved. Maybe this particular Southwest issue is going to be solved. Maybe there'll be new software. Maybe they'll throw a Band-Aid on the old software. God knows I've been in a company for 14 years and we've had a whole lot of issues with website infrastructure i know what that looks like i know what there's a lot of pain to putting in a new website as well like that's has its own challenges and all of that i think that we will see some improvement in this specific scenario but this is a indicator also with the prices rising of of travel where we're starting to see that what we used to take for granted, it's easy to get on a plane, it's easy to buy a ticket, it's easy to go places, it's easy to travel. It's not that way. And it's going to continue to get harder, be it because of stuff like this where we just don't have, the companies don't have the money to put in because of inflation or whatever else is causing a stress on the financial aspects Or the prices are too high and the regular person, even on a Southwest budget airline, can't go where they used to go easily. I had to say no to a trip at the end of last year for a training that I would always have gone to, you know, largely in part because the flight was twice as much as I was used to paying. I couldn't believe it because I haven't been on, you know, I haven't been flying as much as I used to in the last two years. And I could not believe the price of flights. And for the first time, I'm about to travel to Maui here in a a couple of weeks. And that flight, I usually travel on United, but it was priced out of my company's ability to pay for that. And so I had to travel on Southwest all the way to Maui, which is fine. So long as it flies there on the days that I'm supposed to be traveling. But even that is something that I'm recognizing where, you know, I live in Tennessee and this is the second time. That my company, I've been priced out of what they budget for me to fly to a certain event or what have you. So we're going to start seeing that happen more and more. Another instance we were talking about is we here in Tennessee on Christmas Day, Christmas Day, Christmas Eve.
1: Both for a little bit had our
0: first brownout. Was that Christmas Day?
1: Yeah, I think so. No, was Chris. Whatever. It it was for like 24 hours, not that it was browned out, but they were
0: That Tennessee, they were doing rolling brownouts.
1: Tennessee Valley Authority provides the the power for like three states, not the entire states, but Tennessee, northern Alabama, big northern Georgia, maybe like a huge area. And it's all hydroelectric. There's it's a lot of there's a lot of really inexpensive electricity wow. um Available, available, and and obviously we just had a very uh,
0: harsh winter, storm. harsh,
1: harsh winter cold across you know huge amount of the country. So there was a incredibly large load. But I'm not we what we're gonna kind of shift and get to here in this conversation about just sort of like what this means for America and the what our nation in the bigger picture. It's not just Southwest Airlines, it's not just, um, an electricity brownout. Um, it, it's more and more, you know, on level after level after level, these examples where we're just falling short, you know,
0: normalizing that no
1: less and and, and we're normalizing it. You know, it's like these things that I'll, I'll just spit out a couple, but like, you know, our electrical, our electric Grid infrastructure in this nation is, I mean, people have been testifying in Congress how cl- fragile and susceptible it is,
0: strained
1: for 20 years, and no substantial efforts, resources, funding overhaul has gone into it.
0: However, we have provided several billions of dollars to Ukraine recently, so maybe that's why it's strained, Tom.
1: And 800, 835 billion dollars to the Defense Department. Um
0: and transgender affairs in Yugoslavia and whatever. every other place.
1: But the point is is it comes it's it, it's again coming back to we're the slovenly playboy that won't maintain the gifts we've already had, we already have the blessings we already have, and we're spending it on new toys or whatever you want to say, um, the the hot thing of the moment, Ukraine or whatever war, whatever war we've gotten into energy. this decade, and not on the things that we take for granted. Um, But Texas, you know, has had, um, they've had some extreme strains and actual collapses of their grid and came very close again this year. Um, We're seeing it in places like Tennessee and other areas that don't really ever see it. In California, I'm I'm sure there's folks of you listening out there um, that are dealing with this or have dealt with this, but it's basically become accepted and commonplace that there will be brownouts in the summers in California and like that was not a thing when we were growing up Absolutely like not. it was not a thing and now it's it's common it's been we we've grown to accept it as normal and you know you look at the even we the, even
0: defend it that's what's worse is we even will defend it as necessary for climate change or any other, you know, fires or whatever they tell us, we just gobble it right up and go, yep, sounds great. We need to be doing this. They're, they're breaking into the nests in Colorado and other places in the country, the little thermostat, computerized they're, thermostats. They're not breaking into
1: them. Though they're designed to, to work that way. And I'm glad you brought that up. But <laughs> in in Colorado this last summer they actually con- those people who had smart um homes. smart homes it was it happened where they capped their ability to cool their home due to the load on the grid and
0: so you could not turn your thermostat past a certain point. You just couldn't. It was blocked it, it by was, the internal computer.
1: It, it was like everybody's dealt with this. Like either an office building that you work at or a school that you went to where like the district office controls the thermostat. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or the corporate headquarters. Can, there's a lock over the thing. Like it, the, the temperature is set by somebody else, not you on your own equipment. But either way, it totally makes
0: you feel like someone's creeping in on your house. Like it's such a creepy thing to me.
1: And I I what I'm gonna kind of keep. Go ahead. Coming back to here is that like I feel like the the through line here is that is the normalization of these expectations, like lessening expectations and the normalization of what I'm kind of calling like. Second world America, you know, we, and, and
0: socialism, I mean, we're and, grou- it's groupthink. it's like the best, the best,
1: it's the consequences of those it's things for
0: the greater good. If you don't turn down your thermostat, then others can't have blah, blah, blah. And you know, it's the, it's the movement away from the individual to the group. We saw that massively with COVID.
1: There's absolutely that going on without a doubt. Um, and I mean, I think we've established that we rail on that a lot. I, I just, I think there's also this, um, I guess what what's really been hitting home for me in and, and a lot of these things, Southwest was like a cherry on top or kind of the capstone of it, it was, is like, the the home that we inherited you can get away with living in it slovenly and not improving it, and not maintaining it for, for probably a decade or two, but then you know it's going to start to show that where and structurally, foundationally, mold, you know, is is going to have taken its toll. You know that it, it's going to start to actually, you're, you're going to be start to go. Why? Why this house used to be such a great house? Why isn't it anymore? You know, th- we're we're in that stage, and. The nation, our culture, our society is in that stage of going like, oh, man, this is this didn't used to happen here. Like, why is this happening? And we see it in so many areas and it's easy to ignore or dismiss one little area. I mean, you know, remember when that like bri- we've had multiple bridge issues, the, a bridge was closed across the Mississippi River all last year. Um, mm. on Interstate forty, on our interstate system. Mm. I mean literally the government's role, like is the federal government's like one of their few roles is to facilitate interstate commerce and like they're not. Um but we didn't we have had a bridge collapse in Minnesota or Michigan or something. Yeah. And and of course it's made a big deal and people are dragged in front of Congress and the state of our infrastructure is Harped on and, and people, and then go, we
0: pass a massive infrastructure bill with that, no money that goes to bridges. That, no, seriously, that goes who knows where, and literally to gender studies in other countries. I'm not. I'm not being funny. No, that I'm, is actually where the money is freaking going. It's, it's so
1: indicative of where we are at you know is that like literally they'll the, the the issues occur they say oh my gosh we need to address them and then they go buy a boat you know what i mean instead of fix the house right yep. mm-hmm. i mean this is this is what i'm trying to convey here and and then from that like accepting understanding grasping that this is our reality what does that mean for you what does that mean for your children and the and then to get to like a call to action and and a um where we're being productive with this and not just doom and gloom but like what do we do you know how do we respond how do we live how do we live in this world where we're in a slow collapse so to speak of our society of our our infrastructure of our nation what do you do like it's so easy to be like well I can't do anything about it so. I'm just going to go along for the ride or I don't want to listen to this because it just makes me sad and scared. No, no, no. There,
0: There is action to take.
1: There are actions to take. And
0: for example, when our brownout hit, we have a generator. So we had about seven seconds of our brownout and then our generator kicked on and we went back to heating our home on the coldest day of the, our entire time living in Tennessee <laughs> Right on back as if nothing had happened because it's separate, a separate mechanism for exactly these sorts of moments. As Absolutely. An
1: and, and, you know, we can, I, I have like five other examples of
0: when the food shortages these... happen, we go out and plant more food in our garden or harvest more food or pull something off of the shelf of the six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 months of food that we've been storing. Right. Before all of this, knowing this is coming, moving out of states that are more oppressive and less independent-minded and freedom, whatever, we've seen a lot of people do that. That seems like an extreme move. You know what seems like an extreme move to me? Having a 110-degree day and you having to have no air conditioner. That's an extreme situation. And this is just the beginning of what's gonna be more normalized. And it's like, what do we want to expose our children to long-term? What are the concessions we want to make? That
1: is sort of the, is yes, there are actions to take and there are things to do, but no, it's not going to be easy. It's not as simple as watch this channel instead of that channel or vote this way instead of that way. It's not that simple anymore that you can we cannot escape these, this predicament that we are all in, whether we like it or not, whether you accept it to be true or not, does not make it not true and not happening, it's a reality. So, if you f- decide to face it, great, but it's not going to be you can't just keep doing what you're doing. You know, it there has to be okay, what is this going to look like? And if you're really going to say, okay, you know, how do I live a life? We, we you don't get the luxury of living the, the last 30 years has been utter. Bless. luxury and comfort no no people not even kings lived the way
0: the a middle person. class
1: american lived over the last let's just say 20 years and that's a Since whole the generation 80s, like sure our whatever whole life. i mean you could say 50 years i mean um, we have there has been a a abundance
0: peak, abundance
1: peak america whatever you want to say where I mean, you can literally not work and be fed. There's no other time in history or place in history where you can not do it's anything trivial. to survive and people Take care. literally shower you with the Benefits. resources you need to live a comfortable life. And that's just true. Like, look it up. You know, it's just true. So if that... that is waning and going well, and away and the
0: fallacy is that people are operating under the premise that the way that it has always been is the way it will always be this is just like when I have these conversations this is where cognitive dissonance cl- kicks in and you just cannot imagine that things might not be the way that they always have been but here we see these little examples our first brownout here in Tennessee California is now used to those brownouts Other parts of the country already are used to that. Now we're seeing it's harder to travel, harder to get flights. You can't just expect to get on your flight and go where you're supposed to go. There's probably going to be a disruption in your travel plans. These things we used to take for granted.
1: You can't expect food to be cheap. Yep. You can't expect gas to be cheap. Or there. You can't expect... yeah.
0: At the grocery store. You
1: can't expect to be able to afford a new car. Um, You can't expect to be able to... Take
0: that vacation once a year. I
1: mean, there's... This is... So those who grasp reality, the new reality and are willing to face this, face it, courageous enough to face it. Because there's two parts. First, you got to accept it. And then you've got to be willing to take action, do something different. You have to be willing to confront that. And it's not going to be exactly what you're doing for. And it literally could mean moving it could mean changing homesteading your work um and the the philosophically you want to look at it and what is the way to create peace and security in this new environment climate so to speak economic climate so, uh, society climate etc etc and it's going to be different like it's one of those things where, yeah, you you probably don't want to depend on the industrial food chain as much as you used to. You probably don't want to depend on the industrial energy resources as much as you used to. Um, you probably don't want to depend on corporate America, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, as much as you used to. Now, we can't work miracles ourselves. Nobody is... Truly self sustaining, and I'm not saying the only answer is for you to go off grid and live a survivalist lifestyle, that's not it. But I I tell you what, in our experience, every little thing has turned out to be a big thing, Mm -hmm. and we were not wood stove people, and Wendy was. Not thrilled about the idea <laughs> of a wood stove in her house. And I tell you what.
0: Only because I have young kids. They could fall well, and touch it. You it's had smoky your, and sooty. You and,
1: had your preconceived notions. And many of them are. It's not that they're not true. Like, yeah, you don't want a kid to get burned on it. And, you know. It Lord also knows, drives
0: me the heck out.
1: Don't get me wrong. There <laughs> are negatives to it, too. It's what. This is a great I'm glad you brought that up because it's like you brought it up. (laughs) No, no, that you brought up like the (laughs) negatives of it because we're we're coming to a point where it's like the the benefits of a wood stove in today and tomorrow outweigh the negatives. The negatives and actually outweigh the pros of being fed electricity to power a heater. to some degree don't get me wrong we have some of that but we also have a wood stove so we are not like extremists of like you got to go all off grid but again one step at a time and it's each one of those steps has turned out to pay dividends the generator the farm generator we didn't get it because we thought brownouts were in our future or like it was just like you know what It would just be a really sound decision to be able to insulate ourselves from
0: If something happened that was – if we were – really, it was – if there's a bad storm like we just experienced and we're at the end of a dead end road and we are the last priority and it's a week without power and a winter storm, that would be a really, really – that could be a deadly situation as we saw in Texas.
1: It would definitely compound and make our – I mean, pipes would start breaking. We have animals to water – we, we're on a well. Like, there's a lot of things. And so. How do we
0: get in front of that? You bite the bullet and you put a generator in. Now, generators are not cheap. We have a story about that generator that ended up, it was a free generator, but our house did catch on fire. That's a whole <laughs> different story. That's a
1: whole other story. But. Uh,
0: God is good. He brought God is good.
1: That's all you need to know about that. But again, it's one of those in facing this new world 20 years ago. I would have spent that $15,000 on a boat. Yeah. Today,
0: it was just more
1: prudent to put a generator on the farm. And yeah, no, a boat is more fun than a generator. But you have to accept the reality, the new reality, and can be willing to take the action. And I tell you what. You would never have bought a boat. I just want to say Okay, I mean, what do you want me to say? Uh, uh, uh,
0: we would have gone to Disney a couple times.
1: I, that's what you would have done. Well,
0: you wouldn't have bought a boat.
1: Or you wouldn't have You're not a boat, a boat guy.
0: You're not a boat guy, I'm just saying.
1: I could be a pontoon guy. Okay. In a, in
0: I have an race. anecdote of this to share. Go for when it. When we were at the Rogue Food Festival, which you should totally go... I'm sorry, it's not a festival, it's a conference. <laughs> Please excuse my...
1: RogueFoodConference.com outstanding
0: totally go um there's going to be one in may actually on Paul, at polyface farms up in virginia
1: uh yeah
0: uh joel salatin's, joel salatin's
1: farm. farm polyface virginia this is people... polyface virginia polyface farm <laughs>
0: <laughs> in um, virginia oh gosh
1: the the name of the little town uh escapes me but it's like right by the Shenandoah Valley. Um, it's absolutely beautiful. People do fly from all over totally. the country and actually it, we had
0: Australians at our road to go Food to this.
1: So you conference. wouldn't be crazy to buy a really expensive South a really expensive, <laughs> unreliable Southwest Airlines ticket. To get there. To get there.
0: We just went a couple weeks ago to the Rogue Food Festival. Luckily it was here locally. Conference. Conference, son of a beasting. And it was really enlightening for me. It was Tom's third. It was my first one going. But as we were waiting for lunch, I had a conversation with a gal in front of me and, you know, she, she, I, you know, of course I asked her, are you a producer? Because a lot of the people there are farmers, homesteaders, lots of homesteaders, lots of off-grid, all different kinds of, you know, that scenario playing out. Great crowd. She was one of the few that I met that was a consumer from a farm. She lived in Nashville in the city with her spouse. And she said that she had the opportunity. Actually, they were just at the end it sounds like, of their um, purchasing of a piece of land outside of Nashville. And at the very last minute, they backed out. And as she's telling me the story, she she actually started to get emotional because she said, I'm afraid. I'm just afraid to radically change my life like that. And I said, well, let me just tell you, I don't know you, but you're here at the Rogue Food Festival because you know. Oh, my gosh. I don't know why. It was very festival-y to me.
1: Conferences are serious. Festivals are
0: That's true, Renaissancey. <laughs> <laughs> it's a conference. Very informational. The conference, I said you are here at this conference because you know in your soul the way the world is going. And you are here because you want to learn and understand what to do about it. So do you think it's going to be less scary? to make that move and and make those choices under duress, under when you have less choice, when you're not going to be able to do what you want to do, but you're going to be able to, you're going to have to do what you have to do at that point. And she was like, you're a thousand percent right. You know, like it was, and she knew, she knew she was getting emotional because she's like, fear is controlling me. Fear is making me make these choices. And yet I know that, that it's inevitable one way or another. I can be fearful of it. It is something to be afraid of. Change is hard. You know, like there are very, very, very many unknowns and undefinables in our future one way or another. But I'm like, if you know somewhere down, if you're listening to this, if you've been listening to my podcast, if you just believe something is shifting in this country, this is not the country you grew up in. And the reason why I keep pointing up, pointing out socialism is in a connection to your second world, you know, description, is that's exactly what happens. As socialism starts to take over, the country falls out of first world. I mean, look at Venezuela. Look at what has happened As we've seen these socialist regimes take over, the country falls from grace relatively quickly. And you've used the um, metaphor, if you will, of a tree that has overripe fruit. And this is just the last harvest. Like they are literally, especially with this, I cannot say this word, omnibus, omnibus, omnibus. Omnibus, Bill. I don't know why that word is hard. The omnibus bill that just passed is just another absolute evidence of this being true, that they are just milking. They do not care if they will just turn those money printers back on until the last gasping breath of this country. And Republicans are as evil, if not more so, as Democrats. They are absolutely in lockstep together. There is no hope for, I'm sorry to say there's no hope for our future elections. There's no hope for our federal, you know, Congress or Senate or President to come in and rescue. It doesn't matter who it is in 2024. That is not going to save the day. It is not going to solve the problem. If any hope lies, it's in the local poli- politics. We can talk about that in a minute. But really, it is in your ability to be a provider for yourself. It is in your ability to make these hard choices for yourself because it's not going to come through some other mechanism. Of course, there's Jesus and the rapture, which we're very hopeful for.
1: Yeah, the if I'm going to dive into more of the like action taking, but you don't have to become a full-on homesteader. You don't have to go off-grid. Now, there these are these are avenues and approaches that a lot of people have taken to address these concerns. And they, they do work in so many ways. And we could probably do a a whole podcast on like strategic relocation and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, can't remember if we have, but I don't think we have, but, uh, there's, you want to have self-reliance where possible, and local reliance where self-reliance isn't possible. And as much as you can pull under that umbrella, and I'm giving you a very, very 50,000 foot view here, as much as you can pull under that umbrella, the more secure you will be. And you wanna prioritize things like your power, if you can have your power be under self-reliance, that's ideal because you're not even relying on your local somebody else. Um, but like you know, if you have to get your milk from somebody down the road, well, that that's perfectly good thing to not have the responsibility for, but still have the security of it being in your neighborhood kind of thing that
0: like we and, live by Amish they provide and produce a whole lot of things that we don't have to produce because they do
1: and we've brought that up many times and we also live we're in middle Tennessee which is a mecca of back to the land homestead type so it is there is or
0: people who have always lived on the land
1: there are half a hogs for sale no matter everywhere you turn there's half a beef for sale everywhere you turn we buy chickens, you know pasture raised chickens farms. from somebody in our church group. you know we raise our own um, you know it's there is so much food produced on a small scale but but a decentralized system that provides a lot of stability that is outside of the um fragility of what the world is dealing with right now
0: speaking of chicken twice we could not get any chicken at our grocery store twice this year this is the first time in our life
1: which it did come back but again that would that is not heard of like there's so many things that i I keep these little micro examples i mean there's so many things that just what they tell me the reason why i'm on this right now is the way that I try to stay a step ahead of things, and we've been blessed, and I really give all the glory to God there. But is I read between the lines, you there's people in in the investing world that are macro investors, and I would say I'm a macro um, whatever planner. <laughs>
0: macro planner. <laughs> I don't know.
1: I look at at the big picture and see what the the trends are, what the through lines are, and that kind of tells me the general direction of where things are going, and I don't need to know the subplot and the exact details and who's behind the curtain in order to make prudent decisions for our family of, like, we need to we need to go a little more this way than that way. We need to buy a generator, not a boat. You know, we need to move to a farm, not a bigger house in a gated community. You know, just those those and one decision after another, you know, adds up. And you know what? 20 years ago, it was probably a great idea to move to a big old house in a subdivision. And today, It's probably a better idea to move to five or ten. Sell your house and
0: downgrade (laughs) and use cash to buy a lesser house.
1: Absolutely. Like
0: what a upside down world that is. Like that was just absolutely never the goal of someone in our age to have a larger house that they would ever consider selling and downgrading, but using more cash to buy that house. That would just never have been
1: and that's a great thing to do too. A is, scenario. I mean, it getting out of debt in this, you know, if you're talking about in a, in a slow collapse in a degrading society, economy, nation, and if you're trying to maintain peace and security in your home, eliminating debt. Critical. Would be absolutely Critical. And that's something we have we not done do yet, it. and it's on the top of our list twenty
0: twenty three baby
1: um don't get me wrong, it is and we everything we say, we strongly submit, you know, and there's some things, and again, all the glory to God, like I'm not a genius, God has i pray he's so I pray for God to kind to us guide us give us discernment, wisdom, show us the way. If he's not in it, we don't want it, you know. And this entire journey has led us here, and he has been the one that we've been following. But it is, we submit all of this humbly. We have been very blessed to be a, two steps ahead of so many things because of him. And, but we don't have it all right. We, we trust and put our faith in him that what we haven't figured out yet he has a plan for um and i would i'm glad that we've come around the curve to that because it can be overwhelming if you're sitting there going i live in a major metropolitan area and everything's getting more expensive and i don't know how to do this and i don't want to sell my house and move to the boonies or you know whatever it it could be very overwhelming but what you need to do is ask him is is lean into asking God is there a change that you have for me or what would you have me doing in this crazy world because i i do want to assure you friend he can care for you and keep peace and prosperity and security in your home in the suburbs through a great depression he can do that and
0: but that, he might have a better plan for you
1: but there may be a, something else And it may be prudent and wise to ask. It may be. And you might already have been feeling the tug already. And this might be a word for you. That there is something else out there for you. And while every so many steps of this have been scary for Wendy and I. um, It is critical to do it with him. Because... You Know, I was paralyzed with fear. Actually, Wendy can attest to this about the move from Nevada to, to I just wrote Tennessee. my
0: article about it. Did
1: you? <laughs> um, and that article will be in Plain Values
0: in March.
1: In and Mar- is that what that one's for? Yep, March Plain Values magazine incredible. Check it out. But uh, I was paralyzed with fear, and it was only through our trusting in him and him moving the way that he did, that absolutely just confirmed, confirmed, washed confirmed. that fear away and told me, I have nothing to fear. And I haven't had those fears, not a moment since that day. And so I just want to encourage you that to lean in, lean on him, and Face this reality. Accept it. It's way, way better to accept it than to keep our head in the sand. Because if you accept it and start confronting it now, you can be ahead of it instead of behind it. And you can be taking action in front instead of reacting behind. Um, It's not the time to go buy a generator when your power's out. It doesn't work like that. Um, it's not the time to, uh, get a cow when you need milk, (laughs) you know, there's, there's so much to that. And I just want to encourage you to accept that reality
0: and and take action. It's like a wood stove. Yeah. There's some soot and you get dried out, but it's kind of romantic also. And there's, it's It's, charming. It works like a dang charm.
1: It's super romantic. And uh, you know what else is romantic? Is your power going out and your generator automatically kicking on? And being so like...
0: romantic. I was like, that's hot. I felt that'm
1: like, what's so huh? <laughs> and the the life that that God has opened up for us that has sort of bloomed is like incredibly rich.
0: Follow along. At Raising Cunninghams on YouTube. If you want to watch our life take place, it's been a blast.
1: Never a dull day.
0: Never a dull day. Thanks, honey. Thank you. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate this podcast and tell all your friends. And, of course, catch me over at gainingmyperspective.com. Father God, we just pray as we enter into a new year that we would be filled fresh with your spirit, with fresh discernment, with fresh inspiration, just with clarity of vision for what you would have for all of us as we move into 2023. Lord, we just pray that anyone who hears this message would be turning to you and that they would have ears to hear what it is that you would have for them in the new year, what you're calling them to, Lord. We trust you. We know that you are on the throne and everything is under your authority. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.